It's Brian again, your lunatic friend. I'm telling my stories from the 1970s, my perspective on Jesus and music. It was the beginning of what they would call the Jesus movement. If you weren't there, you would assume that everyone in the 70s was a bunch of long-haired, pot-smoking, free-loving, freaky people. But that wasn't me. In 1972, I was back for my second semester at Southeastern Bible College. It wasn't a military academy, but there were a lot of rules. My roommate said, it's kind of like vacation Bible school, except they burn the cookies and they charge you for the Kool-Aid. The school had an honor point system. Every student was given 10 honor points and with any improper behavior, you could lose a few. You'd be surprised at how rowdy future preachers could be. I'd already lost seven, mostly for curfew violations and having my hair over my ears. With my interest in music, my grades were suffering. Every weekend I was playing farther away from the school. Sometimes I wouldn't get back till after midnight and my efforts were significant enough to come to the attention of a director of a group called the New Sounds of Creation. It was like a Christian version of a national group known as Up With People. The music was terminally positive, came with a lot of hand motion, arms raised to the sky. Shout about love, make it sound good and sweet. And the songs usually ended with a big long crescendo, For Me. There were 30 singers and 5 band members. I wouldn't be in the group, but I would come along as a special guest artist. Still had to wear a suit though, and tuck my hair behind my ears. I'd look like all the rest of the guys in the group, matching outfits with a suit coat. And the 15 girls would wear the same color prom dress. I was willing to wear a suit because they were going out of state, and on a tour bus, and they would let me record one of my songs. The group was made up of all Christian kids who were given a chance to experience ministry firsthand. But putting 20 guys on a bus with 15 women for a week would come with predictable peril. We'll just call it extracurricular hormonal interaction. I would eventually start calling the new sounds of creation the new seeds of corruption. Oh, there were chaperones along with us, but that wouldn't stop the soap opera after the contemporary music stopped. We would travel as far away as Nashville, Tennessee, where the group would record an album and I would get one song on it. The song was called All That I Am. The lyrics were pretty self-involved, eventually about giving my life to Jesus but not wanting anybody to change me. Funny, I was singing, I just want to be who I am, but I wasn't really sure who I was. But one thing's for sure, I was pretty naive. I didn't know anything about copyrights or publishing. That song's probably still floating around somewhere. I was just excited to have recorded one of my songs. This same year on the West Coast was a group that I didn't know yet, simply called Love Song. They were recording their first album. Opens with, Lend an ear to a love song. Ooh, a love song. And it's still one of my all-time favorite Christian records. But they were writing songs for newly born-again hippie Christians. Meantime, I'm in Florida singing to people in church. After recording with that vocal group, I was back at school playing to small churches again, smaller than the things that I had been doing with that group. And I found myself in a backwash of unhappiness. I was beginning to see that church world was a smaller pond than the bigger world, and they didn't seem to be connected at all. I was feeling like I was in a parallel universe. And that feeling came to a head in a tiny church. It seated about 50 people and it was half full when a Pentecostal woman tried to cast demons out of me. You should remember that if someone lays hands on you to cast out demons, do not knock their hands away because that just proves their point. In my last few months of school, I was starting to feel like an eagle in the hen house. I just wasn't fitting in. I would get in trouble with the dean's office for pulling multiple pranks, like carpeting the dorm floors with three cases of toilet paper and stealing donuts from the back of a 
bakery at 4 o'clock in the morning, or putting water balloons in a bra and wearing it around campus. But the final straw came when I was an accessory to a raid on the girls' dorm. The administration frowns very sternly on such fun-making, the dean would tell me, upon my suspension. So I started the year with 10 honor points, and by the end of the year, I had lost 25. It was a bad way to go out with just three weeks left in the semester. Because my dad was a preacher, they worked out a plan for me to take the final exams anyway, but I had to stay off campus. At the end of the year, my dad came to pick me up. My dad didn't say a word to me. 14 hours of the most deafening silence I've ever experienced. Yeah, my dad was a preacher, and I had never heard him not preach, but he would tell me later, at some point, your poor choices will punish you all by themselves. And it wouldn't be the last of my poor choices. I don't remember singing at all in the summer of 72. I got a job at the Ford dealership, and they gave me the opportunity to buy a brand new car, a 1972 Pinto Runabout. It would cost $2,500, and I would make payments monthly at $85 a month. I would have that car for the next 10 years, by the way, even though the Pinto became infamous, and I was starting to feel that way myself. Over the summer, I had taken up with a girl in the next town. I don't even remember how we met. Her name was Becky, and she was as wild as a warthog, and I liked it. She made me forget about everything else. But long story short, our relationship was a premarital disaster that could have changed the entire direction of my life. In August, panic had set in because I didn't have a plan. And that's when I heard from Cheryl, a cousin of mine. She was on the West Coast. And she says, you should come out here because you can do anything you want and nobody will care. She's the one that sent me a picture of a band she liked called Love Song. I was looking at the back of band member Tommy Coombs' head and his long hair and a guitar on his back that made me decide that he might be in a place where I might belong. There was another Assemblies of God Christian school out in California that my cousin was attending. It was Southern California College. It was in Costa Mesa, and it gave me a legitimate reason to pursue the West Coast. Anthony Campolo, a friend of mine, once told me, God can still draw a straight line with a crooked stick. And that's why I'm still here, telling my story from 50 years ago. You can share your thoughts with me in the comments under this post. And if you're inspired to keep redeeming your time, show me what it's worth at the support page.